I'm continuing with uh, Mary Moody Emerson. We have um, from Wikipedia, Ralph Waldo Emerson and his aunt's writing, How Rich the World Is. Uh -huh. Ralph Waldo Emerson proclaimed in his journal after reading a letter from his aunt, Mary Moody Emerson, in 1839, he continued, quote, I say the same when I hear a new verse of a new poet. I say the same when I walked about the uh, Athenium Gallery the other day and saw these pictures. I paint, painted by God knows who, obscure, nameless persons, yet with such skill and mastery. As a young man, he hailed her as his muse. He thought her prose purely original and rich and profound and efficient in thought and emotion. He referred to her as the best writer in Massachusetts. And he even borrowed images, ideas, subjects, and full sentences from her writing and used them in his first essays, lectures, and sermons. So basically... Uh, Mary Moody Emerson founded American Transcendentalism. Ralph Waldo Emerson had trouble defining the potency of his aunt's writing and finally acknowledged that it was in inimitable, unattainable by talent, as if caught from some dream. Do you think she was a mystic? <laughs> he wondered whether his life would ever be long enough to study out the tendency and idea which subterraneously shines, sparkles, and glows in her sibylline leaves. Here is one simple almanac, except not only copied by Emerson into his own journal, but also quoted in his lecture dedicated to Mary. Quote, We exist in eternity. Dissolve the body and the night is gone. The stars are extinguished and we measure duration by the number of our thoughts. By the activity of reason, the discovery of truths, the acquirement of virtue, the approach to God. And the gray-headed God throws his shadows all around, and his slaves catch now at this, now at that, one at the halo. He throws around poetry, or pebbles, bugs, or bubbles. And sometimes they climb, sometimes creep into the meanest holes, but they are all alike in vanishing, like the shadow of a cloud. Emerson admired and praised the natural spontaneity and wildness of her aunt's prose, writing in an 1841 journal entry, quote, What liberal, joyful architecture, liberal and manifest as a vegetation from the earth's bosom and the creations of frost work on the window. Nothing can excel the freedom and felicity of her letters. Such nobility is in itself rule. This absence of all reference to style or standard, it is the march of the mountain winds, the waving of flowers, and the flight of birds. In his biography, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Richard D. Richardson, claims that Mary Emerson's writing has been shamefully ignored, or her influence on her nephew's thought and writing was immense. Hmm. In his biography of Ralph Waldo Emerson, Robert D. Richardson claims that Mary Emerson's writing has been shamefully ignored for her influence on her nephew's thought, and writing was immense. Because of Mary's presence and example, Emerson was pushed onward 
by her undrownable spirit, which was perpetually reaching farther up the beach than the last wave of language had taken it. <sighs> Death. According to her nephew Waldo, for some years Mary Emerson slept in a coffin-shaped bed and regularly wore death shrouds as outfits, replacing them with newer shrouds as they wore out, and death refused to come. Images of death and death longing filled her writing and emerged as one of her most significant and striking tropes. Emerson acknowledged this, stating that destitution and death were the muse of her genius. She reflected, the humblest example of meekness will shine in light when the meteors are gone. Good night. Oh, for that long and moonless night to shadow my dust, though I have nothing to leave but my carcass to fatten the earth. It is for my own sake I long to go. In 1863, at almost 90 years old, Mary Emerson at last found her moonless night. Buried at Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Concord, Massachusetts, Mary's body, her tedious tabernacle, was finally placed into a cool, sweet grave, freeing her soul to ascend to heaven. Worms, those most valuable companions, quote, worms, those, quote, most valuable companions, finally will gnaw away the meshes that have trapped her soul on earth, a place where she felt she never truly belonged. Although she wrote in her journal, I am resigned to being nothing, never expect to palm a laurel hereafter. Since her death, she has achieved a sort of secular transcendence among certain academic scholars and historians as a notable 19th century American figure. I even noted her. <laughs> I'm noting her right now. <laughs> that means that she's a somebody. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm trying to prove I'm the most elite feminist podcaster on earth. <laughs> <laughs>